Have you ever had to reinvent yourself? Have you ever had a path that seemed to be going awesome, that by all accounts you were a rock star and then everything changed? Well, if you're like our friend Cootie Mac, you are in for a treat. Join us as we learn from Cootie Mac, who actually, he and I share some music industry background, had to reinvent himself from a music executive to a fitness philosopher, and then during COVID had to find even more powerful ways to support his clients and continue growing his business. Stand by for Cootie Mac. Cue the intro. Welcome to The Real Deal, where we get real about what it takes to succeed. Whether it's wealth, health, relationships, or finding your purpose, we talk to the masters to uncover the secrets to defying the odds and creating your own rock star legacy. I'm Doug, and after working on multiple Grammy-winning records as an author, transformational speaker, and your personal translightenment coach, I'm committed to your growth and success. And now, here's the real deal. All right, welcome. Welcome, everyone, to The Real Deal On. And uh, before we begin, a quick word from our sponsor, the mentor, the mentor mind. mind. So are you ready to take your business, your personal life to the next level? Are you absolutely committed to learning, to giving and to serving, to growing with a tribe of like-minded entrepreneurs, business owners, business leaders, and beyond? Then The Mentor Mind is for you. Go ahead to thementormind.com and there's a free training there. The Network Your Way to Wealth, the three secrets to unlocking and unleashing your resources that you already have. So, with that being said, welcome, Cootie Mac. I have an introduction here that I'm going to read, and I'm, I'm, my hallucination is this will be your best introduction today. I'm, I'm going to guess. Those pipes, I want to make sure I have this like recorded. I need this audio. All right, it's pretty good, huh? Okay, hold on. Here we go. Reinvention is at the root of Cootie Mac's Be Your Best Daily philosophy and his personal story. After more than 15 years of building a successful career as a music industry executive, he desired to build a new career that aligned more closely with his life's personal mission, helping others. As Cootie quickly rose to the top of the D.C. area's most sought-after personal trainers and nutritionists, his natural ease on both television and radio airwaves and in front of large large live audiences made him a regularly demanded expert on the national and international level. Creator of the six-week Super U registered program, clients and audiences have efficiently, or I'm sorry, affectionately dubbed Cootie the fitness philosopher for his unique ability to share straightforward science-based fitness and nutrition expertise paired with inspirational philosophies that connect with people on a personal level. For more info about his six-week Super U program, visit sixweeksuperu.com. That was awesome. That was a cold read. Sorry about that. That was awesome. I'll take it. So welcome. Welcome, my friend. So 
We're just meeting each other really for the first time here. And what I already love about you is your your commitment to service, to adding value to others. And we have a kindred spirit here as a music industry uh, background. So let's dive in. What's your story? Where'd you come from? What's your, uh, what, what brought you to this, this uh, part of your life? Man, so, you know, as you mentioned, I was in the music industry and, I, and still am. I'm a voting member of the Grammys, I'm active with the Grammy chapter. Um, I just recently stopped managing a few acts. So it, once it's here, you know, if I was to pull this veneer away, what you would see is literally platinum pack plaques and all that stuff back there. Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to confuse the messaging. So I didn't, <laughs> but um, that said, um, yes, I was a record industry exec. I mean, music is still in my lifeblood and I still enjoy many contacts and still have a lot of stuff to do and accomplish in that, uh, in that field of endeavor. But what brought me here, what brought me to the point where now I'm a fitness professional, which is a heck of a pivot, first and foremost. I mean, even people who know me are like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait, how do you go from that to this? I'm going to assume happened? that, that uh, yeah. fitness was always a passion of yours. I mean, you don't look like that if you, you know, just one day you go, I think I'm going to start working out. Like <laughs> Facts, uh, super facts. Yeah, I, 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 I was, I've been an athlete since I was like officially, like playing for specific teams that you had to make the cut. I've been doing that since I was about eight years old. And um, and so it, it, was, it was a way of life for me that I didn't even appreciate as a fitness endeavor as much as it was. I liked to be active. I liked to be athletic. Um, I liked being healthy. And even as a kid, you know, I, my pops would talk about how I would just go to the cupboard and just pour out all the soda and be like, this stuff is bad for you. It's too much sugar. It's too much caffeine. He'd be like, until you pay for groceries, <laughs> don't ever do that again. <laughs> so, so it was like a lesson learned. So anyway, um, so I've always been that way you know, organically, so to speak. Um, but what made it, what made it be a lifestyle and then switching to my vocation actually is an interesting thing as I'm saying it is my entire adult life, my, my lifestyle and my passions have been my vocation. So music was something that at that same age, I really got serious about. I was writing songs when I was seven, eight years old, playing guitar, playing drums. So I've always, I've always, I tell people I'm horrible at getting jobs. I'm horrible at, going through the want ads or talking to a recruiter. I'm horrible at that, but, I, but I've never been unemployed. I, I've always, my mother told me, you find what you're passionate about, become top three in it, and somebody will pay you to do it. And I never really understood what she was saying, but in life, I realized how being immersed in that mentality, I've actually walked it out. So what happens is my dad gets ill. My dad is another person who used to run every day. I'm talking miles, used to run six, seven miles. Even I don't do that now. And my pops who's still around, uh, he, he, had a, he had a very active lifestyle. And what I didn't know, and as I was an adult, like I said, as I was in the music business, had been in the business for a decade and some change, uh, he fell ill and none of us really knew what it was, but what it turned out to be was he had a high blood pressure. He had high blood pressure that wasn't necessarily undiagnosed, but just wasn't taken as seriously as it should have been. In other words, it was almost, he took the diagnosis similar to the way one might take, uh, you've got high cholesterol. So you got a couple pills, you take them, you keep it moving. High blood pressure, you can't be that cavalier about we found out, almost found out the hardest way possible. So he has a high blood pressure incident. Quick story, he, it lands him in the hospital, uh, almost two straight weeks. 
I'm at his side. I watch him flatline twice, and I'm like, this can't be happening, first and foremost. Second of all, I've got too much left in life to achieve that I want him there for. And I never even thought about it that way because I took his presence for granted, to be honest. So what happens from there is while he's in the hospital one day, I race back to his place and, I'm, and I'll do the same thing I did as a kid, as a matter of fact. Just started pouring out and throwing out anything that looked like it was gonna have an adverse impact on his health once he got back home. And I took it upon myself just to study, as a lay person, study nutrition. We both were active men, you know, um, my dad was, you know, if we sit next to each other, it would look like he'd be David Banner, I'd be the Hulk type thing. So I'm all like muscled out and he's like slim, slender, tiny waist. And so, and so I was like, I need this dude to be healthy. So while I knew as a lay person generally how to eat, eat more vegetables, no, no uh, refined carbs, yada, 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 the stuff you see in any men's magazine, uh, I started learning about textbook nutrition. My family is a family of immigrants, including me. And so everybody's got the textbook immigrant jobs, pharmacist, engineer, doctor, you know, nurse, you, know, you name it. So I've got all these people in my family and I'm, I'm synthesizing some of this information because I've had to spend nights at the hospital when my mom was working when I was a kid, or I had to spend summers working in my uncle's uh, pharmacy, you know, when I needed a summer job. So I was able to kind of synthesize the objective of pharmaceutical medicine, the health world and nutrition. Now I'm trying to think how that gets me here. So basically I become this, I go beyond just running around and shooting hoops casually and playing ball for myself as an adult, now that I'm no longer in school and playing for anybody's team to now working out with a purpose because my numbers with my doctor started to creep up because as you mentioned, I was in the music business and in the music business, one of, the, one of our favorite things to do as an, as an exec is to wine and dine our artists, wine and dine radio stations, MTV, everybody. So we're doing all this over drinks and dinner and drinks and lunch and drinks and this, that, and the third. So while I look the part, because I've had a lifetime of playing the part, my blood numbers were telling something different and my cholesterol starts ticking up. So I'm, I was one of those guys that was on the high side of good, right? So doctors like, look, I can tell that you exercise. So I'm gonna give you a chance to fix this before I just prescribe a pill. Because what I knew having moonlit in my uncle's pharmacy was that if you get on stuff like cholesterol and high blood pressure meds, you, you are pretty much stuck on them unless somebody like the cootie now is working with you and your doctor to get you off. So I don't wanna get on any kind of meds. I don't do meds. Beautiful. So I start yeah. really working on nutrition. Yeah, I, um, I believe God has provided us with the tools necessary. Uh, don't, in the uh, produce aisle. Precisely. Exactly. Yep. Precisely. So I'm naturally getting myself together and I'm becoming the zealot now, where before I just kind of looked the part. Now I'm talking the part. Man, did you know if you eat this and eat this and da 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 da? And after all, everybody's kind of like, dude, we, if you want to get healthy, go to Cootie. Eat in the music business. You know, if you want to get healthy, go to Cootie. Although they knew I had a sweet tooth too, but that's a whole other story. That's why my cholesterol was going up back on Krispy Kreme. And so, <laughs> and so what happens is, um, I'm trying to think, so, oh, so then I had transitioned into management. I'm, uh, and with management, you don't make money unless your client is earning money. And I had a client at the time, we had been touring and doing all kinds of stuff. And he, and we were in between record deals and the record deal negotiation for the next deal at the next label was hitting a lot of snags. So 
we toured as extensively as you could. I mean, I'm talking Australia and Iraq, like I mean, we were everywhere. And we had toured everywhere we could with the old record, needed a new record, needed a new record deal. So all of a sudden I'm not moving, I'm not earning. And I'm talking to one of my friends who just happened, who I went to college with, University of Virginia, shout out. And, um, and uh, he was a personal trainer. And we were just talking one time about, we talked about nutrition, food. And he goes, man, he said, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm an accomplished trainer. He looked good, you know, look good looking dude, strapping case. Like I'm an accomplished trainer. If a person walked up to us right now and started talking, ask, asking to train, and they looked at both of us, we'd be even. But as soon as you start talking about nutrition, I would disappear from the picture. And I was like, get out of here, man. He's like, no, I'm serious. Like, you know, you should consider being a nutritionist and a trainer. And to me, that kind of work was like uh, seasonal work. It was what kids did in between college semesters. <laughs> it was that kind of work. I was like, oh, nobody makes money training. And then he told me how much money he was making in, in a roundabout way. And I was like, oh, you can make that much money? He was like, yeah, you just gotta, you know, niche your audience and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And, and I'm like, okay, again, I'm in the middle of working in my passion music. It's hitting a brick wall and there are situations in my life that are starting to dictate that I really want to be able to control my income. And I had some very pointed situations that were coming up that I was like, I know how much money I need for that. And I'm not going to get it sitting around waiting for my artist to decide whether or not we're going to go on the next, take the next tour offer. So I said, all right, cool. I'll do it. Studying when was this? What year it. are we talking about? Ooh, this was about, uh, gosh, what is this? 2021? It was about 15 years ago. Okay. About 15 years ago. And um, wow, time flies. <laughs> and um, and uh, it was about 15 years ago. And so and so I'm like, all right, bet. You know, I studied for one of the, you know, I wanted to get a, 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 being an immigrant, I wanted the best certification so I could be universally accepted anywhere, whether it was at a box gym or some boutique. So I studied for this, this um, test, I ace it. I become a trainer. I've got no website, I've got no social media, I've got no nothing. But what I was getting was results. And um, as I started getting results, word started to spread, and here we are. And are you still in DC? Um, yes, I am in the DC area still. But you know, one of the so COVID is an unfortunate situation. But um, but one of the byproducts of uh, me having been you know in media, majoring in communications, working in the music business was that my contacts were national. So mm -hmm. when people needed someone to talk to them about nutrition and somebody that could comprehensively do it and do it. And I'd been on, I'd done radio before. I was a Sirius XM host, you know, in my music industry era as well. So I knew, I knew my way around the mic. And so all that said, I still get called upon with regularity to be, to do press and media. And as I'm doing these things, what happens is before I just get new friends or fans or followers. But when the pandemic hit and everything shut down, I started training virtually. So, and so I guess this could be sort of like this reinvention as we're, as we're telling the story now. So mm -hmm. a, a quick pivot within my pivot was going virtual because when I went virtual, now somebody in Seattle was like, hey man, I just saw you on Blah Blah Blah's TV show or just saw you on YouTube or just heard you on this podcast. You know, I'm interested. It was like, all right, let's make it happen. It's somebody in Dubai. I saw you on Boom Boom. As long as our schedules match, let's do it. And so that took me from being you know, locally known and nationally respected to internationally training people. Love it. Well, let's, so let's, um, 
back up because the purpose uh, one I want to geek out a little bit with you with uh, music because um, I, I worked on I a, a few uh, Grammy winning records we won Grammys for uh, with Celine Dion and J-Lo and uh, nice. the Chicago soundtrack um, but I was the rock guy so I did all the rock records and then I just helped with production and mixing and, and all that with the those other records but um, the peak of my career was when Napster came out mm. so I know you probably had some interesting uh, challenges <laughs> and conversations around that so th that's why I asked what year it was for you. So that would be about around kind of a similar time mm -hmm. where, you know, just the industry just got, and we didn't have the terms we're using now, like, you know, ooh, the industry disruptor, Airbnb disrupted the industry. Like it was, it was just like, what the F's going on? You know, the funny thing about it is I tell people all the time, being in the music industry in the 90s, crossing into the 2000s, I guess that's called the arts, right? Being in the industry in, in that time, it was the best of both worlds. And we, as industry guys, gals, people, we got a precursor of everything that the country and maybe even the world was about to go through because we went through our economic downturn, daggone near recession. I remember the gigs that I was getting like in 96, 97, 98, 99. And all of a sudden find myself on the other side of the century and the same work, actually the work and a half, and you're getting paid at 60% and told take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. And when you're somebody who's built your career up to a certain point, you're just like, wait a minute though. I didn't, I, I like you, you just, you just reeled off some names, you know, and I can talk about Outcast, I can talk about Sting, I can talk about Prince, I can talk, you know, and I'm, and I'm sitting there like, I did all of that. And you telling me I gotta take what? <laughs> like, like yeah. and I got less, you know, resources and a smaller expense account. And I was just like, you know, this doesn't make sense. And, and it started to take the love out of it. It started to take the love out of it. And that was, that was something that was a reckoning for me because, you know, to take it slightly philosophical, it's, it's like you go from doing something that you absolutely adore and would do for free. But once you get used to not doing it for free, <laughs> and, and there's a, and there's a thankless portion of that gig. Oh, so, so much. That's what, yeah, like some people thought like, you know, the, all you did was go out to dinner and, you know, travel the world and all that. And I remember uh, Richie Sambora was like, you know, we get paid millions of dollars to sit on the road and do nothing. We go out and we play a show for a couple hours, but we're doing all the other stuff we're doing is we're doing nothing. We're just traveling, and it's not like really exotic kind of stuff. You're going from gig to gig to gig. It's not as glamorous, you know. Same thing in the studio and all of that. Like most of the work making records is is a. I mean, it's it's amazing, and I'm not knocking it because it's it, it was a, a joy, but it's not as glamorous as what people you know yeah. think it is. It's unfortunately like for me. I was able to do a couple of different things. Like I mentioned radio, I mentioned, uh, you know, I was an artist, songwriter, producer, manager, you know, but but I made most of my hay as an exec, a pro promo exec. So mm -hmm. I was doing promo and marketing. So here you are, you, you know, whether the rec, fortunately, fortunately we bat, I'm, for my career, I batted at a pretty high percentage in terms of like just being blessed with good A&R artists that were credible that even if the records didn't hit, I felt convicted enough to believe that these records were great records, but that wasn't always the case. And that's not always the case for everybody. And there were some times, especially, you know, in that first 
third of my career where I was working records, it was just kind of like, you knew you didn't have a snowball shot in hell. And it had to be your personality or your relationship mm -hmm. that helped give this artist an even a shot. And because I was an artist at heart, I always advocated for the artist. I always went artist first, even as a suit. I say all that just to say that, you know, there'd be times where people would be like, well, man, you helped fill in the blank, I won't say names, you helped fill in the blank's record go triple platinum. How come you can't just call him or her and get a baba? And I'm like, man, we are nameless, face, nameless faces once we either get transitioned out or get, you know, relocated somewhere or move to another label. Sometimes, sometimes you will have a couple artists and, and, I, and I really treasure these specific people because they remember what you did for them. But a lot of times these artists, and I'm, and I'm saying this as an artist, Mm -hmm. What you remember is like, hey, I wrote a dope song and it was supposed to be a hit. <laughs> right. So if it's a hit, you know, thank you for helping that happen. But I knew that when I wrote the song. So I'm not going to give you any special credit for it or remember you especially for it or name my kid after you. You know, you got a job. I got a job. And so and I know a lot of people that are still in, in the music game doing very well. And I, and I really love and like to uplift them because like it can be a thankless job if you don't get what you want out of it. And so if you don't get what you want out of it and then you find yourself out of it, that's a, that's a mean position to be in. So when I saw things trending a certain way, I was like, how do I stay in this game and, don't, and, and not flame out and not you know, succumb to it and not be defined by it? And fortunately I left you know, pretty much on my feet and that's, that's what allows me to still move the way I move now in and out of it. And, and like I said, I've got some moves I'm really excited about that I won't speak on, but y'all just check in on me later and we'll, we'll figure it out. But my point being that, yeah, the music game, it's, it's, um, it's a great one. Like I don't, I don't, I, because I was, I had great mentors that told me what to expect, that told me, hey, you're in here, figure out your way out. And sometimes, like you said, some other people see it a certain way and they go, well, why don't you just, jump back in or why don't you do this and there and it's like mm, you don't really understand how this thing works you know and so kudos to people who are in it kudos to people who are aspiring to be in it you know it has changed like you said uh we went through the economic downturn we went through the shift the digital era i think really changed things tremendously it changed what how we kept score it, it changed how music was disseminated. When I was in the game as an executive, I had the keys to let you know. I had the music first and, and presented it to you. And by the time I was leaving, I was chasing behind, you know, a leak here and a stream there and an MP3 that, you know, that randomly pops up on the internet. And now I got to chase that down and, and, and figure out a way to make it a hit record. Now it's dictated by the people, which to me is exciting. Mm-hmm. It, it's, 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 finding it, it's actually what's interesting is the the music industry model in many respects has essentially modeled kind of what you're doing with your you know your personal training you know, using the technology creating your own tribe and creating a a business model that doesn't necessarily need the big record companies and you know and and certainly not the big studios anymore i mean that was what uh the, the technology that allows all that possible was also what put the a lot of companies out of business because i mean it happened for me as well like the budgets right at one point you know there was a, a band i was working with and and uh their first record came out and didn't do tremendous and uh, they came back and they were like, look, they, they, they got dropped. And the manager went back and was like, no, 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 give him another chance. What are done? You know, no, no, no one knew what was going on. They were trying to figure out how to navigate with all the digital stuff. And they were like, okay, look, 
We'll give you 50 grand. Don't hire Doug. Don't hire anybody. Just go in, make as many songs, just record as many songs as you want, and then you just bring it. When we feel we've got a, a, a record, then maybe we'll release it. And mm-hmm. that 50K was what I got to make the record right. for the band the first time. Right. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> right. So, you know, and that was that was the trend. And now that company, you know, those companies have either been purchased by or gone out of business. The studios, so many of them closed down because you didn't need the big, you know, the, the big consoles and all that. The racks of gear, you could do it all in the box. And prolific artists loved it because they were like, oh, I'm inspired. I could just go, you know, do something. And it's not the learning curve wasn't that great. You know, oftentimes the reason why they needed a studio person was because it was just so much gear and so much knowledge and it took two multiple people to do it. Now you could automate your plug, you know, your your uh your recording, you can fly stuff around, you're not cutting tape. It's just uh, you know, it's it changed everything. Yeah, it changed everything. So so the music industry going through its economic downturn preceded America going through its economic downturn. But what it did, like you said, was it it taught me and folks like us, okay, this is gonna last forever. What are we gonna do? Figure it out. And as we figured it out, then America went through its thing. And so when everybody's running haywire, I was like, I'm good. Like I, I figured this thing out. And so, and again, that's something that you had to have lived through it, I think, to truly appreciate what that means and how that goes. And, and there's still times I've run into challenges trying to help people understand because you know, they just don't get it because you know, they, they see what's happening now. And it's just like, this is kind of the blessing of, you know, history and being a little long in the tooth. You know, you can say, oh, look, I've seen this. I've seen this way, you know. Let's, right. Let's and well, that's why it's important that we, we have these conversations so people can be inspired by the fact that, yeah, it's not there is no overnight success. I mean, there are people who may have found themselves in a great position but they took advantage of that position. They didn't, they weren't handed anything. I mean, you worked your butt off to get yourself in an environment so that you could capitalize on those opportunities and follow through. And and it's clear that your brilliance is is also in that critical sort of thinking of like, okay, wait, if I don't change my health practices, I'm going to have these challenges. So I'm willing to do what it takes. If I don't, you know, modify my delivery of my training, I'll suffer because we're not able to get together. So, you you know, you saw the writing on the wall and then you adjusted. Um, what, how was that shift for you? You know, the, that again, the pivot within the pivot, because you'd already been personally training for quite some time. And I'm sure you were already sort of hybrid and utilizing some of your, your talents for sure. Um, how much of a pivot did you need to go? Like, are you all virtual now or do you still? I'm entirely virtual now. Um, so that, that's a great question. So when, and some of it honestly is not, uh, just not forgetting your experience and your journey because sometimes you'll, some things will happen to you in life and you don't even understand why they're happening, right? But be open to them because when you're open to them, what happens is you might need that skill down the line. And so I had two clients that I got. Um, one was a gentleman I got around November 2019 and the other one I got around January, February, 2020. And these two gentlemen were having robust, like the kind of success that if I could write it down textbook wise, 
they were having it, just hitting their numbers, just bing, 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 bing. So we're having, a, we're having a good old time, but both of them had jobs that carried them traveling. And at this time I was still training in person. So both of them had jobs that had them traveling, but they were so enthusiastic about their success that they didn't, they were afraid because it was too early in their process to feel like they could just go away for a week and not train with me. So they were like, look, just tell me three things, tell me three things that I can take with me um, on my trip to my Airbnb and we'll use FaceTime and just and you come to the gym and I'll be where I'll be in my in my Airbnb and we'll FaceTime and we'll and we'll just keep training that way. And for me, I was kind of like, huh, I never thought about it that way, but why not? Sure, let's go. I was open to it. So here I am. Um, uh, I found this case that you can put your your um, your smartphone in and you can stick it on almost any surface. So boom, I stick my phone on the, on the mirror, I'm training and I'm in the gym. And it was so funny because people were walking past other trainers in the gym. They're just like, who are you talking to? And I was like, oh, my client. And they're like, where? And I'm just like, <laughs> right there. And, and, and they're just like, everybody's, you know, people would just gather around and watch me train, right? But it seemed so weird and novel, but you know, I was just doing it. So I've been doing that for about, like I said, uh, I've been doing it about six weeks when the pandemic hit. And when the pandemic hit, at first, I was just like a lot of people. I'm I'm healthy. I feel like I'm textbook healthy. I'm I on purpose know that I do certain things that keep myself healthy, keep myself off of meds, and keep myself virus free. And I'm also a clean freak, so in the gym I'm spraying down everything before, during, after. So at first I was like, hey, I'll I'll get some gloves and I'll bring some Lysol and you know just to make sure because I train people from age 20 to like 89. So. Um, so I, the first week I'm just in there with my gloves, even had a mask, everything. And then I was introduced to the notion of an asymptomatic carrier. Meaning, for anybody that doesn't know, meaning that you could, COVID could hit you, you could very well have it. You don't succumb to it, but you can still spread it. And because I do care about my clients and because I do care about people, because I'm training some people who aren't just trying to look sexy, but actually are in bad health, meaning their immune systems are compromised. And I take their health seriously. And what went through my mind in a flash was this vision of the local news saying, boom, nine people just died in DC, you know, from this new COVID. And they're totally unrelated. We can't figure out what it is. Then the next night they go, we might've figured out the common link. This one, Gentlemen, Cootie Mac, and this, this, this picture of me with this yarn of thread connecting everybody because I went to this gym, that gym, that community center, this person's home, and saw my father and was an asymptomatic carrier and gave it to everybody. And I was like, there's no way I could live with that on my conscience. So I was like, I'm training virtually. I got two clients that I do it with now. I'll give everybody a free session where we get our bearings and we're going to keep going virtually. Now, about 70% of my clients were were either a board or convinced to be a board. The other 30% honestly were older people who were sort of technologically averse and none of us knew how long this was gonna last to be frank. So they're like, well, you know, well, let's, let's just pause for a month and see what happens. In the midst of that, I'm doing TV, I'm doing radio, I'm talking about how to be healthy in the midst of the pandemic, how to work out without equipment, yada, 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 yada. And I started accumulating clients nationally and internationally. So they filled that other um, 30% and then some. And that and then some, plus the time I was now afforded because of the pandemic and everything shutting down, 
because I was getting up at three in the morning every morning to get up, get ready, plan my day, walk the dog, drive into the city, get to my first client for 5 a.m. and then start working and then bouncing in between home to home to home. And here I was now, I could sleep an extra two hours, get up, turn on the computer and start training people back to back to back to back and be done, you know, by 2 p.m. or whatever. And so now so I have time. Do you, is that still how you run it or, or have you still how out? I run it? That's still how I run it. And so, but I had time, but now I was getting, you know, inundated with more referrals and all that kind of stuff. So I had to create a program that was, that was uh, virtual and, um, and remote where I wasn't training live. And that's, that's the six week super you program that you addressed in that amazing intro that you gave me. <laughs> and so, um, and so the six week super you was actually a 12 week program that helps people get fit. And, and I do check in, uh, we do have uh, weekly check-ins where I'm talking to everybody live and I do check in via video messaging app where, you know, if you need something in the interim, you know, troubleshot, I will troubleshoot you along the way. So you, so it's not like you lose contact with me. I don't just put you on autopilot and walk away. Right. I, I guide you through the entire program. And like I said, we're live and direct every week and people are having amazing success as we're speaking right now with this. So the pandemic helped me out in that regard, but, but I'm, I'm absolutely virtual right now. Love it. I mean, and it's, that's so brilliant. Cause I'm sure, you know, some trainers who were late to that game. Yep. And and the funny part was when I was training with that, it was when the pandemic hit about a month into it, trainers started hitting me like, Hey, remember when you were in the gym and you were sitting there talking to that guy through your phone and it was stuck to the wall. How did you do that? And, and, I, and I'm not stingy. I gave them the information. This is what I did. This is how I did it. Um, a lot of people still were just stuck on, I got it. Like some people just didn't have the confidence that they could get people healthy remotely. Some people um, didn't want to put in whatever extra work it took to kind of get their program adaptable. I'll also remind you that when the pandemic hit, it was hard to get gym equipment. If you didn't get it like that first week, it was just sold out everywhere yeah, somehow. Yeah. The inter- there's the first time I ever saw the internet say, I ain't got it. <laughs> like the internet was just like, ah, don't know, don't have nothing for you. Yeah. And, but I, because of the way, again, previous experience, when I first started training, the very first uh, studio I trained in was a very alpha male, just, just, I mean, every trainer had been a trainer for like 20 years and now, and I was the new green guy. And they were like, don't touch the radio, don't touch this weight, don't touch this. You go in that corner right there, and that two pound dumbbell and that ball is all you get unless I say you get something else. And I was, so I couldn't touch any equipment, I couldn't control the music, but I, but I told you, I became a trainer because I had some financial goals I was trying to hit. I had some things that I needed to get some money for. So I was like, oh, I gotta get people fit. And so I figured out a way to do it with limited equipment, limited space, even though I was in a full gym. <laughs> But, and, I, and back then I felt like I was getting hazed. But what happened was when it was time for me to go mobile, when it was time for me to go independent and just train by myself, go mobile, train people in their homes, limited space wasn't a big deal. And when the pandemic hit, oh, I was like, let's go. Grab, I was like, grab that milk jug, book bag, and a, and a, and a hand towel, and let's work. And people were like, what? And I was like, yep, I got you. So. Well, so one of the themes that uh, I mean, this, this is brilliant and awesome. One of the themes that, you know, I've noticed in modeling people who are successful is their relationship with um, obstacles and resistance and the meaning they give it. And it's the the, the personal responsibility, the um, the creative thinking and the, the, the shift from victim to victor. 
because you could have very easily sat there and and you've seen others do it be like oh i you're not letting me have access to that gear oh, i can't work out i can't and come up with some excuse why you were not able to be as fit or successful or what have you you didn't you said huh i'm gonna figure out a way uh, this is what you know what's most important is getting results not the excuses and it ultimately served you because now you're able to help anybody and they're, and they're like you know you don't need there's you can't get any gym equipment so what <laughs> right and and you know like i go by the fitness philosopher you know crossing bridging that into life there are still moments in life where i'll get hit with a challenge and get gobsmacked like i'll just whoa, whoa get dazed and 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 see and and have an obstacle where i just honestly can't see past it for as bright and as optimistic as i am right now you know there's still things that challenges i'm dealing with and um and we all do so that's the one thing i just want to kind of remind everybody is that even those of us that are excelling in, in, in certain areas of life might have an area of life where we're still trying to figure it out but remember who you are you know remember what you're dope at remember it's the same you. Find the lie. Find the lie. When when you're sitting there stuck, there's a lie that's either being told to you or, or you're reinforcing for yourself. You got to find that lie and kill it with the truth. Amen, brother. And find how do you do that when that happens? Super facts. Yeah. How, how do you do that? Well, like when you, you find that, what, what is your, like your strategy to find that lie and, and discover your, your truth? You know, when something really messes with my conscience and, my, and, and, and just gnaws at me, because like I said, generally speaking, I am a very positive person. I'm like, okay, this, I take a step back and I go, okay, who woke up today and decided that they specifically were just going to ruin my day? ruin my moment, ruin my life? And the answer is nobody. So even if somebody is an agent of that or feels like an agent of that, that's not the truth and it's not the person. So, okay, so take a step back from that. All right, so that's not intentional. So that means there's something else, something bigger going on here. When you start to get down on yourself, think about, write it down, write down just what it is that's bothering you and then look at it. Does it ring true about you? Does it ring true to who you are? No. Okay. Can you change that narrative? You can try. Sometimes you won't succeed. You know, sometimes things or people or whatever might just be like, hey man, this is what I'm gonna believe about you and that's it. Now, if you know it not to be true, again, the only way you can suppress the lie, find the lie, suppress it, is by just piling on truth. And sometimes you might just have to take a step back and rest. That's something that a lot of us just don't do. We're not geared in America to like slow down and stop. Even with the pandemic, even with the, there's a pandemic running around right now as we speak and cats can't wait to be out. You know what I mean? And I understand it, it's human nature. We're social people, but man, slow down. Slow down. Yeah, that, that time of, of reflection is, is really powerful to be able to, to look at just change your perspective right and and look at it and question it right so yeah. so every morning i do that before my day starts the first thing i do i spend about 20 30 day 30 minutes just 
reflecting, you know? Sometimes if, if you're not creative about it on your own, that's not a problem. Get your smartphone, you can pull up just whatever, whether it's a meditation, a devotion, um, whether it's um, just sitting still in silence for a little bit. And you'll be amazed. Sometimes when you sit in silence, pay attention to what's running through your mind. Pay attention to what's screaming at you while you just sit there silent. And you don't have to take, spend a year doing it. Just spend five minutes. Just five, five minutes will feel like an eternity if you actually just shut down completely. And whatever's running through your mind, calm that down with truth. And yeah, just know that uh, the, it's just a thought having a thought. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, all we have is today. That's why my slogan is BYBD, be your best daily. Your best may not be somebody else's best. Your best may not meet someone else's criteria of being the best, but you know where you were yesterday. And as long as you're better than that today, you've made an improvement. Now, if you have, if you, if you, if you set out to do, let's just say, I mean, a list of 10 is way too much, to be honest, to complete. But let's say you just have three things you want to do today. If you accomplish one or two of them, right, you've had a pretty good day. If you have seven of those good days, you've had a pretty good week. If you have four of those good weeks, you've had a pretty good month. If you have 12 of those months, you've had a heck of a year. If you have 10 of those years, you've had a heck of a decade and so on and so forth. But it all starts with you being your best today. And your day can start when your day starts. So if your day is cruddy right now, anybody that's watching, listening, if your day is cruddy right now, say, okay, you know what? Well, okay, it's, it's, it's this hypothetically 1.29 p.m. All right, cool. Starting at 1.45 p.m., that's going to be the beginning of my next day. What can I do to make this day better? What can I do? And sometimes it's just about helping somebody else. I love helping people. I'm better at helping people than I am at helping myself, to be honest. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm actually working on this year is just helping myself for a change. Well, and oftentimes people um, will run the illusion that I'm helping someone else. And really what they're doing is running from themselves. Right. And they, you know, basically what happens is they end up sacrificing and it's a, it's a form of other than conscious sabotage oftentimes because we, we have this illusion of, well, you know, I'm doing the right thing. I'm helping somebody else. And meanwhile, like, yeah, but you're ruining the rest of your life, which includes your family, your children, your society, all of that. And so now you're going to be just become a martyr because you'll then, you know, you'll look back with resentment exactly. and look what all I did for you and God, why? You know, and, and it just, mm -hmm. God's like, well, you didn't when take it was, when, it was, when it was nobody's job to help you. <laughs> right. You know? It was nobody's job to help you. When you're on a plane, They'll tell you when it's, they'll, they'll tell you before the plane takes off. They'll be like, hey, look, if this thing starts going down, even if your most beloved child is sitting next to you, when those masks drop, grab your mask first. Yeah. Grab your mask first. Then you can help somebody else. So grab your mask first. Super yeah. It's a, so, you know, like a, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Good intentions, yeah. That's and I mean, I've, I've been cruising south. <laughs> at times yeah and that's, we, like, we, oh, and that's the thing we all do that's part of human nature and the question just is is how long do you, you know how long do you keep going down there before you catch yourself and and go oh okay let me just get back on get back on track just like what you shared beauty. with your health you know you notice it if you if you indeed are blessed with another day you are blessed with an opportunity to make this day better than the day before you're blessed with the opportunity to be your best today you're blessed with the opportunity to just be 
I mean, like so many people just don't even get that. And so, and so from a health perspective, if you are healthy, you give yourself the supreme opportunity to do fill in the blank. When you're not healthy, you got to fight through so much meds and, you know, injury and all this. You got to fight through all that just to be before you start talking about being, you know? So, um, and again, you don't have to be 100% perfectly healthy to be healthier than you were yesterday. Yeah. So let's, I mean, start offering others some, some uh, tangible, like when we're talking about health, what would be like, let's say there's just someone who's going, you know what, I, I do want to make health more of a priority. I do need to take care of my temple. Do you have like some basic philosophies or things where you say, well, you know, here, here are some things that if you just started doing right now, more of this, less of that, where do people start? Besides, of course, you know, reaching out to you and, and getting your oh, program. Oh, yeah. Look, here's the one thing that I always am glad to give out for free. Providing you do not have like blood clotting issues or vitamin K, uh, adverse reactions to vitamin K, juicing vegetables. Now, when I'm talking about juicing vegetables, I'm not talking about making smoothies. Although smoothies are cool, I'm not dissing smoothies, but I'm talking about juicing vegetables. A juicer is a machine that will separate the liquid from a vegetable or from anything, but we're talking vegetables right now, no fruit. And I'll explain why later. But all veggies, juice your vegetables, the fiber goes in one bin, the, the, the liquid goes in another. Are you and a fan of juice, masticating or the- Masticating spin? juicer, great okay. question. You want a masticating juicer. So for those um, where this is starting to sound like Greek to you, all right, a masticating juicer is like a slow grinding, cold press juicer. A centrifugal juicer is one that whirs really fast and just kind of whips your vegetables into a juice. You want the masticating juicer because those juices last longer. Those juices have keep more nutrition. Those juicers get more juice out of your veggies. And when you're spending money on these vegetables and getting these drops of juice out of them, you want to get as much as you can. So get a masticating juicer, juice two times a day. First time, within, first time, first thing in the morning, within 90 minutes of waking up. The only thing you should precede that with, if you do have anything before your juice, would be water. And then another time, some time in the evening. My, my, BYBD basic recipe, the least offensive, the best one for beginners, a lot of bees there. Um, we're talking cucumber, spinach. If you like ginger, you can throw a little bit of ginger in there, but be judicious because fresh ginger is really strong. So if you do cucumber, spinach, maybe a little bit of ginger, it's quick, it's efficient. Do about mm, eight to 10 ounces in the morning, eight to 10 ounces in the evening. If you just walked away from this interview with me doing that, for 11 straight days, you'd be DMing me, thanking me, I promise you. Right on. So now you said no fruit, obviously for the sugar. Um, is there any fruit that uh, has like lower amounts of sugar for someone to to sweeten it? Um, you know, I've, so here's what I'm well, throwing carrots in is also pretty sweet too. Yeah, you can throw carrots in. Although I would say if, if weight loss is your goal, you wanna avoid the sugar, eat your fruits. I have, nothing, I have no problem with fruit. I just don't want you juicing your fruit. Because here's the thing, we're all addicted to sugar. And so if we're all addicted to sugar, even if that sugar is coming from a natural source, and even if that sugar is enveloped in all kinds of natural goodness and vitamins and minerals and enzymes, it would be like if I had an uncle who was a heroin addict, right? And I'm the Mr. Health guy, and I'm like, you know what, uncle? 
I'm going to help you get clean. I want you to come to my house. I'm going to make you a nice, super healthy dinner with lean proteins and vegetables and salad. And before you start eating that salad, though, let me put a couple bumps of heroin on it. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> I'm probably going to wake up with like my TV gone, right? <laughs> so, so, um, so when we're addicted to sugar, if you juice, even though you're doing the right thing, you're going to find yourself still struggling with the sh with the with your sugar addiction. You're going to find yourself still having late night cravings. You're going to find yourself still chasing after a Danish. You're going to find yourself doing all those things that sidetrack you every time you try to get healthy. So just juice your vegetables, eat your fruit. You can eat your fruit whenever you want to. There are certain fruits that are better for you than others in terms of having less sugar and more nutrition. But, you know, I can get into the weeds with that. Eat your fruit, juice your veggies. Love it. And that helps alkalize, uh, which will help with the, the sugar addiction. And yeah, you're it's funny you're you sound like me. Well, I, I, I know a little, I, I know nothing, nothing compared to what you know, but I know enough to, to at least, uh, you know, chat with you. Um, the uh, you know what the three worst addictions are for entrepreneurs? Hmm. Well, let me think. What would be my three worst addictions? Um, no, I'm uh, something that would mess with your time management. You tell me. I don't okay. want to waste the people's time. Three worst Three worst addictions that like just make it impossible for an entrepreneur to succeed. Uh, heroin, sugar, and a salary. Mm, I, I, money was going to be my thing. Money was money was on the tip of my tongue, but I, I was like, I, I didn't have three. That's the only way I didn't yeah. guess it. That so salary, right. that's what that creates that fear, like with the pivot, where you know people will stay in a job longer than they you know is going to slow down their entrepreneurship because they're they've they've got that addiction to the steady flow of cash because. You know, entrepreneurs generally don't have the, I mean, we're working towards it. We obviously want to scale and create systems and automate and all of that, but there's always going to be some ups and downs. We have, you know, saturated markets. We have, uh, you know, we're launching a new program. We're doing, you know, all the, the variety of, of things that show up. Um, so that was the, uh, it's kind of a, a joke, obviously, but. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I got experience with at least two of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and for me, like I got into, I don't know, uh, we haven't really spoken before my history, I, I used to, uh, after music, I went on the road with Tony Robbins as a, okay. a speaker and trainer with Tony. And wow. he has his whole health day. Um, the last day of UPW is all health. And Tony is a, is a health nut. So I've been, you know, exposed to alkalization and, you know, all of the, those philosophies around health from that perspective. I've, I've been practicing to the best of my ability. Uh, I have a masticating juicer and uh, I, I don't have a Kagan um, or one of those alkalizing water machines. Do you have one of those? Are you a fan of that? Um, I, I have no aversion to them. Um, what I believe is, you know, I, I eat pretty alkaline. Um, I, I have a water filter and, um, and you know, juicing, juicing is, is so, so I, I, you know, I meet, I meet people in the middle. Plus I try hard to model a lifestyle that I can, I can, um, replicate with John Q public. Right. So I, so not to say that I'm a, a beyond being that healthy, but I try hard to tell people to do stuff that I can show them how they can easily incorporate into their lives. And so for instance, if you take a uh, raw apple cider vinegar and just put like a little dash of that in your water, you immediately alkalize it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like things like that, that you, so. 
or a lemon, right? Yeah, or, uh, lemon, lemon, lemon as well. Yep, yep. lemon as well. So um, it's just uh, the apple cider vinegar has like the probiotic element to it, but lemon is definitely a great one. Lime as well. So, yep. or even cucumber, a couple slices of cucumber. Mm-hmm. So cucumber and those, lime is quite nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Combining those. So all <laughs> that said, uh, those are the ways. Those are the methods that I use to alkalize my water. How about a uh, bulletproof coffee? Are you a fan of uh, that? You know what? I'm not a caffeine guy. Okay. I'm not caffeine, but I've, I I hear about it, and people always come to me about it. It always finds its way across my you know my desk. You know. Well, where do but, you? What do you use? Are you like an avocado for your fats? Like because that's basically the the philosophy around the bulletproof is the healthy fats. What do you? Yes. So avocados, nuts, seeds. That's usually where, you know extra virgin olive oil. That you know avocado oil. You know mm-hmm. that's that's usually where my fat, those are my fat sources typically. Love it. Awesome. Well, we could uh, geek out on all this stuff for for no, hours. We didn't even talk a lot about the music, or did we talk? We did talk a little bit about music. But. Yeah, yeah. So, like you said, you, you're you're still in it. You're working with. Uh, you're still on the Grammy committee and and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what we like as an artist? What kind of music did you do as an artist? As an artist, I guess you know, without being all super hyphenated with it, I would say it, we were in that era when like live soul music was really having its it's it's day so mm-hmm. we were, i would say we were a funk soul band oh right on yeah cool and yeah. you were what did role did you play oh so my brother and i were the my brother and i technically were the group and we had a band that we played with and they played behind us but on record for the most part it was just he and i self-contained you know we're big prince fans so we kind of grew up in that whole like diy mantra so and you were so, playing the all the instruments yourself for the recordings yes, and yes, then playing all the instruments um writing all the songs producing all the records and we and we even branched out and started you know writing and producing for other people as well uh we toured but live we would really just kick butt and so even so it was a weird position one of the things that made it uh a tough financial prospect was because our because we imaged as a band but we weren't really a band and we liked our players. We had the same crew of players, but they were getting paid a la carte. Mm. And I'm saying this with love, but they were getting paid a la carte. Whereas we, we were the ones like you know it was just us two. So they were getting they were basically hired guns for every single gig, and some gigs were promo gigs. So there were gigs where if we didn't sell a bunch of music or you know get a bunch of downloads or streams, we took a hit, we took a loss, and it just was hard to sustain in that era. Mm-hmm. Now that said, um, that said, yeah, on record it was my brother and I writing, producing, arranging everything. Like we did everything, and um, you know it was a group called Zwei Z W E I. There's two, there's two Zways out there. There's like a Japanese duo, and then there's us. And um, did know, they so model you? I, man, I I don't know who came first, but because uh, because you know the only reason we were aware of them honestly is when stuff went to um, iTunes, and so then people would look us up and be like. Y'all got did y'all got like Japanese house music? And I was just like, <laughs> no. <laughs> it was like, no, no. And so um, yeah, so if you if you were checking us out, it's an album called Tuesday Night, two apostrophe S D A Y night. That's the right sway. Okay. And so you you dropped a, a little bit of a hint that you're working on uh some other things. Is it you going back out as an artist? You know, it's funny, I get that I get that question a lot, especially lately. So that might happen, but really there's a there's a there's an experience. I thought that management would um be the 
the end game for all of my vast levels of experience and wide ranging experience. I thought that management was going to be it. And what I found was that it's not, um, you know, because it, it, it still depends on somebody else. Mm. But me, there, there, there's such a wealth of just um, knowledge and experience and connection and contacts. And I've always been helping people. I've been a conduit from, from, for helping people get from one stage to another. And I've found a way, again, it's not in stone yet, so I'm not gonna to totally let the cat out the bag. Right, yeah, I've found a way that absolutely makes the most sense in terms of how to just bookend my experience in the music industry and, and honestly, dare I say, seal my legacy in a meaningful way that again, will help others, will help others, I promise, which is my purpose in life. Mm -hmm. And once it was kind of, it was proposed to me by a good friend and former colleague of mine that we used to work together. And um, he just called me up one day and had me guest lecture um, at, at uh, University of Massachusetts, Brad Davidson, he's, he's a professor there. Now, he had me guest lecture. And after that guest lecture, we had a conversation and yeah, it's, it's about to be really fun and really interesting again. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. Hopefully, we'll obviously we're going to stay in touch, but hopefully, uh, yes. our collective tribes will uh, get turned on by it and be willing to uh, get on board. Because I mean, that's the purpose of this show. The and our clearly our defining um, purpose is to add value to help people be more successful. I mean, in music, that's what we were doing. I looked at yes. what I did in music. Not only was I helping, you know, artists when I was producing as an artist, I was helping people distract themselves. I was just like, about to say, as a producer or as a creative period, you're, you're of tremendous help. I mean, you know, I mean, you know what it's like. You create something and you see people react to it that don't even know you. And, and, and that song makes their day, makes their life, gets them geeked up for a game or makes them remember something that was amazing. Mm -hmm. That's why music is the single most powerful thing that a human being can create in my humble estimation. There's nothing else. I mean, if we both went deaf right now, and I asked you, and I wrote down the name of your favorite song, just showed it to you, you could hear it in stereo. Mm -hmm. You know how powerful that is? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. nuts. I, I use music in all my events still to this day, even, you know, like it's, it's the, it's so powerful. I mean, I, and I may even, you know, I've been talking with my wife about, you know, performing more like in the like in my events in seminars. Uh, but the challenge is, is some of the stuff I do is so like intensive, like getting people screaming and all of that. I, I kind of fry my voice yeah. and to to go sing after doing that, like sometimes like after a seminar, even even a one day event with me, sometimes even after a two hour event with me, my voice is shot for, you know, a couple days. And that's how do you but, recover when you're when you lose your voice? Um, I I don't really. I just you know drink a little you know water and honey tea you know and I I just take it easy. Um, but I don't. So pineapple has a pineapple has a um, has a compound in, a chemical compound in it called bromelain. Uh -huh. and it, it's like an anti-inflammatory and it helps you heal up. Eat a, eat a, eat a bunch of pineapple. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I and mean, when I say shot, it just means I can't sing. Well, I, I totally understand what you yeah. mean. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally understand what you Not mean. Like, oh my God, what could I, you know, but it's like... <laughs> like Bruce Springs coming out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, when I sing, I'm a tenor. So, like, oh, okay. so wow. that clean, high, you know, power, 
isn't there if I've been like stretching and and screaming. Um, but it's all good. To, really understand it. But, but it's all the same thing, right? I, I, instead of now just making music, now I help people make incredible music of their lives. Mm -hmm. And I was going to say the same thing. Like when I'm putting together sessions, two things that I always get from clients that I think really helps with retention is that I've had clients I've been training for years and they'll bring up to me, you know what, Cootie? We have not done the same exercise or same workout twice. I wasn't going to say anything at first, but I had, because you know, sometimes they'll, they'll get really challenged by an exercise and then they'll be like, I'm going to really practice on my own. So the next time you ask me to do this, I'll be ready. And it never comes. And what I, and, or they'll just say, how did you come up with these exercises? Like these exercises are, are, I don't see these, you know, exercises anywhere. And for me, that same part of my brain that I used to use to take an idea out of thin air or just hear a clicking noise and turn that rhythm into a drum track, turn that drum track into a bass line, turn that bass line to some accompanying chords and express a specific sentiment that speaks to me and hopefully speaks to someone else. That same section of my brain is the same section of my brain that I apply to my sessions. Mm -hmm. And so I told him, I said, just like I can't truly explain how I write a song, like how this song did not exist until I sat down, thought about it, arranged it, and actually had the ability to put it down myself and then I give it to you and they go, well, how did you come up with that? Same way I come up with the sessions, man. <laughs> the same way I come up with these workouts, you know? Well, I, and I would, I'd, for lack of a better word, I would call that divine connection. Mm. It's, mm. you know, it's mm. not, sure. that. that's when we're connecting to the source, we're connecting to God, we're connecting to mother nature, whatever language you're, you know, I believe it's beyond comprehension anyway. So whatever, whatever word you're using, you're it's acknowledging its existence. Man. It's a vibration. And that's why I'm saying like the fact that music, music is so powerful, man. I mean, we, everybody knows it. I mean, you play a certain song, but before you have time to think about it, you get heartbroken mm. or happy or angry or hyped up or chill just off of music. Music is extremely powerful, extremely powerful. Amen, brother. Well, I'm going to throw obviously the the all your sites and stuff in the the comments and stuff. But if you were to leave with uh, and, and by the way, first of all, thank you so much for sharing your oh, most you. valuable asset. Again, like, we don't do this again. We got a lot more to talk about. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, totally. Uh, are you ever down in South Florida? Man, I was just in South Florida not too long ago, man. But I'll, but I'll come back. Okay, that's it's where I'm at. I'm I'm okay. uh, just I'm a little bit north of Miami. I'm in Palm Beach area, but okay, Miami's you know just an hour and a okay. half away. All right, say no more. Yeah, you ain't gotta um, beg me to come to Florida, <laughs> right? It's uh, you know, it's even in the summer, it's not that bad. Like nah, it's, it's not that bad at all. It'll be like a big storm will come through and then it disappears like it never got there. Yeah, yeah. It's the the joke in Florida is you don't like the weather. Wait ten minutes. Right. <laughs> It's just, and I, I remember when Tony Robbins, he, he lives here now. He's just, he's actually like just down the road a little bit. Um, when we first got here, we're hanging out and he, and he lived in San Diego and he's like, it's not that bad here. It's like, I don't know what people are talking about. Like, this is like, it, it, I don't know how it got to the point where people would say how miserable it is. And probably just because they, they say that like when the hurricanes are around. That's about to say, they probably, yeah. they probably went there tried a vacation, got caught in one of those in hurricane season and, you know, the yeah. rest is history. There was a period of time, a brief period of time in my life where I actually uh, owned a condo on Collins. Mm -hmm. And, um, man, <laughs> yeah, Florida's cool. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's it's definitely fun down there. 
Um, so if you were to leave any final words of advice for people who are looking to improve, obviously how you do anything is how you do everything. So, you know, you've shared your, you know, how you bring your creativity to fitness and nutrition and beyond. In your philosophy, your be your best daily and beyond, what would be some final thoughts you could leave with someone to be their best? To be your best, um, you gotta, you know, fuel yourself properly you know, at the fundamental level, if you're fueled properly, it helps you deal with everything a lot better, whether it's stress, whether it's disease, whether it's uh, weight management, whether it's illness, whatever it is, you can be your best daily if you fuel yourself daily. And like I said, juice, spinach, cucumber, within the first 90 minutes of waking up, another time in the day, do that 11 days straight minimum and you can, you can hit me up and, and, and say thank you and I'll gladly say you're welcome. Um, and also remember, all you, all you really have is today. Be your best today, you know? And some days you're gonna hit miss the mark, but if you're fortunate enough to wake up, you're fortunate enough to get a chance to be your best today. And if you do that and keep stringing it together, I told you, you can mess around and have an amazing decade just by being your best today. Amen, brother. Well, dude, it's been my absolute privilege and uh, pleasure to to connect with you, and I look forward to more rock with you. Indeed, um, I'll throw all this the your content in the uh, comments so people can find you and uh, learn more and how to to get even deeper involved in your your philosophies. And with that being said, I love you for who you are and who you aren't, and we will uh, definitely see each other again shortly. Thank you, man. Uh, oh, you know what? I'll do this now while I'm thinking about it. I'm going to go to my Instagram account. I'm going to um, put a little freebie in there. Just just go there, register, and I will give you something that I promise you will help you in terms of just being able to de-stress. It'll work in 60 seconds or less, and it's a couple different ways. I'll give you that just for watching me here. I, I just thought about that. Beautiful. What's the uh, what's your hashtag or your... Uh... Uh, it's at Cootie Mac. So at K-U-T-I-M-A-C-K. Beautiful. And I'll throw that in the comments as well. All right. You're awesome, brother. So uh, thank you so much. And uh, let's get onto the train there and uh, get to your Instagram account. And we will definitely be in touch and keep the flow going. Man, this is an honor, Doug. This, this, it's cool to meet kindred spirits, you know, because sometimes you're doing this stuff, you feel like you're just doing it in an echo chamber of, your, of yourself and hearing your own voice. But to actually see somebody who's putting in the work and spreading the word and spreading these vibes and has been through the ringer like we've been through the ringer, man, much respect, much props. Dude, I appreciate it, brother. Awesome. And I got that Star Wars t-shirt too. Yeah, right? Yeah, I got that. Yeah, <laughs> I got that. See, uh, it's going old school. <laughs> All right, brother. God bless. We will see you soon. All right, man. Peace. Thank you so much for stopping by and hanging with us. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast right here. And we look forward to serving you even more. Remember... Download your free guided hypnotic meditation at guidedhypnotic.com. That's guidedhypnotic.com where you'll get your free anxiety-busting meditation. We look forward to serving you, and if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to reach out. All right, we love you for who you are and who you aren't. God bless.